0: i was in las vegas once for work i promise and i was um staying at an aging casino as you do and i witnessed a scene that i've never forgotten so i went out to film a story at about about 6 p.m one evening and as i headed out of my casino i passed a guy sitting two or three seats deep in a long row of slot machines trying his luck My shoot that night went late, and I came back to my hotel room at about one o'clock in the morning. And as I crossed the casino floor, I looked down at the same row of slot machines. And that same guy was still there. I had a flight to catch the next morning, so I got up, packed my suitcase, had a shower, had a coffee, came down at about eight o'clock, and you can see where this is going. Same guy, same clothes, same slot machine. Same dead eyes as he hit that button over and over and over again. I don't know what it is about pokies. There's just something about them, eh? Some, l- some little piece of psychological witchcraft that short-circuits the human brain. And while here in New Zealand you would hope we're at the stage where no one can sit and mindlessly whittle away their money on a pokey machine for 14 hours straight... It is hard to overstate how destructive a gambling addiction can be. The government's announced a review of pokies and the Gambling Act alongside some pokie reforms that are going to come into force sometime next year. But the reforms are much weaker than what was initially proposed. For the time being, there are going to be no cuts to pokey jackpots, there's going to be no ban on free rolls, and there are going to be softer penalties for pub owners who don't follow the rules compared to what was proposed. Instead, the changes that have been confirmed concern where pokies and ATMs can be positioned in a pub and rules around how pub owners should check for and treat problem gamblers. It's not nothing, it's not nothing, but it is also not a profound change when it comes to pokies. Some problem gambler advocates have expressed a bit of disappointment, but I've got to admit, I was really surprised to read comments from the chair of the Gaming Machine Association, Peter Dengate Thrush. He told stuff that even his organisation, the Gaming Machine Association, the association that represents pokies, felt the changes didn't go far enough. They feel that the minister missed an opportunity and that facial recognition software to identify problem gamblers should be introduced right across New Zealand. For me, though, there is this fundamental problem with pokey machines that still needs to be addressed. And so far, almost no one wants to touch it. No one wants to talk about it. Under our law, a minimum of 40% of pokey proceeds have to be returned to the community as charitable grants. And we're always reminded, aren't we, when a sports club or like a dance group has been supported by a grant from a charitable gaming trust. I think many people just don't give it much thought. Oh, charitable grant, that's great. But I see it differently. The ends don't justify the means. The community funding structure is a very, very clever way to excuse or normalise, even to kind of subtly promote hugely damaging antisocial behaviour. Can't we find a better way? Can we not find a better way to fund community organisations? A way that doesn't mean our sports clubs and our hobby groups are relying on New Zealanders pouring their money into pokey machines in order to survive? I get it, money doesn't grow on trees, but we're robbing Peter to pay Paul. And what's the point in supporting one community with a charitable grant if you have to damage another community in order to get the money in the first place? These government reforms are a start, but if you really want to smash the problem gambling issue, follow the money. The whole structure has to change.